that there is something going on with my health insurance spending account card or whatever that you use when you go to see the doctor or whatever. Okay. Your, your HSA is, I assume what you're talking about there is that your health health insurance savings account. Yeah. The health insurance uh, savings account that, that, that that there's something wrong with it or that it has been deactivated. And so Uh the first line after it tells you that is this normally happens when your employment status has changed. Jeez. And so I was like, well, this company definitely (laughs) is backwards enough to not to send you the letter that you've been let go before telling you you've been let go. I saw a morning show once show up to work and their key cards didn't work and that's how they found out. That was it. Yeah. Um, and so like I've seen mistakes like this yeah. happen in the past. Yeah. Okay? I, I wouldn't put it past our company to be like hey, not at all. you know, okay. Not at all. So I was worried about that, right? And then there was another letter in my mailbox. I opened that one. It's from a third-party company that our company deals with for health insurance, and it gave me a breakdown of my comprehensive coverage. So I was like, well, I'm still covered, this is saying. So, like, I don't think I've been fired. My key card worked this morning. My email works just fine. (laughs) I think you're okay. I think. I I, I would hope that I would know you were fired, but, I mean, maybe. And so then now I got an email. This or looks like the other day. It looks like late yesterday. That tells me either myself, this is a reminder that you and or your covered spouse have not completed all the health plan requirements needed to earn or maintain your medical premium discount. The deadline is the 31st of March. Please visit your incentive checklist and they give you like the hyperlink to go. So apparently I just didn't finish and I thought I did. I mean, I was in here. I remember doing it. What that is right there, that last email that you just got, that is the company gives you a break on health care when you do things, certain things for them. So, like, right. you have to go get a physical. Like, that's one of the things that if you want to keep the premium that you pay, if you want to keep the price that you agreed to when you signed up for your health care, you have to do X, Y, and Z. You have to do all these three different things. So wow. I think that email is separate from whatever you're dealing with with the, with the HSA there. Those are two different things. Yeah, I got to figure that out. Yeah, I would go talk to HR. I mean, honestly, like, I, I, I wish I could give you some sort of like, no, bro, this is what you need to do, but this is a complicated thing for adults to talk about, not me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> do I we know. have an HR department? I, I, would talk, I would talk to the person I, we assume is that person. I was told many times that that is not to be considered to be my HR department. I think I think that's your best bet. I mean, you can talk to the boss and maybe he'll point you in a different direction. But that person, I think, would be the best, at least be able to point you in the right direction of like, hey, here's what you need to do. So I, I, I do something. Don't ignore it. That's normally my plan. Nope, not a good one for your health insurance, buddy. <laughs> like, you, you need that one. Do I need my my you, savings account? You need that one. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 if if you want if you want to save money, if you want it to be if you want it to be you know cheaper, like yeah, these are all things that help you not spend as much on healthcare. So like, I'm not going to get a physical. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> well, then you're going to pay more for healthcare. That's what that is. I'm going to end up paying more for healthcare no matter what. I don't care what they tell you, dude. You know, do this, do that, do this, do that, and at the end of the day, dude, they're just taking money out of your check and does anybody really look no and they know that they're just taking money out they're gonna be it's gonna be the thing i'm not just no i'm not going to get a physical (laughs) to appease no to appease this company absolutely not all right no they're not worried about making me happy they are not they are not worried i'm not worried about that they are worried about however about making you happy that's why they're going to send you out to los angeles we'll do that at nine o'clock you'll get your first keyword of the day for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. There was a lot of different things going on in the sports world yesterday, but what's going on in New England has me very, very interested. We'll get into that next on Rock 106.9. 106.9.
Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 1069. 7.30 is when we'll send you to see Kid Rock at the queue on fe- in February. Sorry. If you're an Indianapolis Colts fan, you have to hate today. Yesterday, it looked like you were getting a what most people consider to be a solidified, amazing head coach in, the, in waiting in the offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels. Local guy made good there. Yeah, pride Brady's a, uh, pride McKinley right there. Brady's right hand man has been for a while, which I think is a ringing endorsement. Because if there's any guy who could go to his ownership and be like, "Look, look, dude, I'm not wild about my OC. Go get me another one." It's Tom Brady, right? Yeah, of course, of course, of course. I think Tom Brady has a ton of pull within that organization. Oh yeah, and, that's obvious. And to uh, to to have the stamp of approval of what is essentially like the trifecta of professional football right now. Yeah, like you. That's a that's a ringing endorsement. No question about it. Like if you can have if you can have somebody write your football, you know, recommendation letter, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and Robert Kraft would be three pretty good ones to have in your docket there. And that's interesting because Bill had helped Josh McDaniels try to get this land this gig in Indianapolis, which is something right. he normally does not do. He does not normally like help smooth it out for you. So Indianapolis comes out yesterday and says we are pleased to announce Josh McDaniels is going to be our ne- uh, you know, our next head coach here in Indianapolis. And then Josh McDaniels backs out and decides to stay in New England. Now, the rumor is, or at least, no, the quotes are, that he has been guaranteed the next head coaching job in New England. Now, if I'm Josh McDaniels, I'd rather stay in New England than go to Indianapolis. I have seen that my owner knows what it takes to win. This is, a, this is an organization steeped in greatness, in a winning tradition. Where Indianapolis, dude, your owner's flaky. He's flaky. And I wonder if this tells us, and I maybe I have been wrong about this from the beginning now. Does Josh McDaniels maybe know more about the Andrew Luck situation than the rest of us do? Are there rumors around the league that aren't hitting the media about what's going on with Andrew Luck? Because if you go there and you don't have Andrew Luck, now it's just a terrible owner and a roster that's not great. Yeah, I mean... I don't know if I'm going to call Colt's ownership terrible, but he's a nut job. He's a flake. There's no question about it. Jim Irsay is just, he is. He's I would not want to work for Jim Irsay. Uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm I not. would, dude, if, it, like, if they were running radio stations, I would rather work for, for, for Robert Kraft. Yeah. Yeah. There, um, there's been more stability. As, 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 and, and you're right. I mean, if you, if you have even questions about Andrew Luck there, it's, pretty much like the best thing about that job all of a sudden is a question mark. So like, I understand that. Um, I just think that with the Patriots job, if Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are to walk away, the Patriots are going to suck again. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Like, there's no way. By your definition of suck, what's that mean? I was six and ten. Or under, like they do not be, do, they do not remain a perennial contender. They don't. Like it just, it's, it, I, I would not argue that. I think that's probably still better than six and ten. Um, I just feel like at that point, that division's bad. Bro. I just feel like at that point, you're setting yourself up for a fan base that is going to have expectations of continued greatness, and you're not going to be given the tools necessarily to, to deliver on that. I would agree, but I think the fan base handles it better if one of your own kind of struggles, and they've seen McDaniels before have success in the organization, and they'll go, well, you know what? We'll just ride this out. We lost Brady. We knew we were going to we falter a little. Where if he leaves 
and you bring in a non-patriot and that happens, now you're the screw-ups who let McDaniels go and you brought in this new guy and the fans are more mad. Yeah, no matter who replaced Howard Stern, if people were going to be pissed. But right, having somebody that's from that, you know, from that tenure, I think it. I think it helps smooth out the rough times. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Patriots fans when that happens because it's inevitable. It is you're going to bottom out after you lose, you know, essentially two of the greatest of all time in their positions. It'll be interesting to see like what the reaction is there of of it because to me it's like, dude, you can't be mad at this. You can't be mad that they went all in on Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. You have to like embrace the greatness. You can't be like, well, they should have been playing for the future with Jimmy Garoppolo. Screw that, bro. Screw that. That's According to the reports, that's what Belichick wanted to do. Like, he wanted to move on because that's his system. His system is next man up. And it is a system. But again, I'll go back and tell you that the West Coast offense was a system, too. It has its own name. They still use it today. I would have liked to. I would have taken Josh McDaniels as a head coach here in Cleveland. A lot of people say, "Oh, it's the Patriots," and when people leave, they don't do well. And it's you know, it's it's one piece. And I'd like, dude, it's the ultimate team sport. It's always a windfall of like the ultimate things come together. Look at Montana. People always say, "Oh, I'd like to see Bill Belichick without Brady," or "I'd like to see Brady without this or without that." Well, first of all, Brady's only ever had one Hall of Fame wide receiver. His name was Randy Moss, and they didn't win the title when he had him. He's won five titles without a Hall of Fame wide receiver. So there's that, okay? Montana had Bill Walsh, a system, a defense that stayed together for five years, didn't have to deal with roster flipover. So, dude, what does Montana look like without Bill Walsh or Jerry Rice? Yeah, making that making that argument. What does that look like? You're you're dealt the cards you're dealt. I mean, that's the truth of it. You 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 know you're on the teams that you're on, and, and you make the best of those situations. I don't think you're ever gonna win arguments like that. Of like, well, what would happen if you didn't have all this greatness around you? It's like, well, I do, bro. So like, no, <laughs> who cares here? And the other argument is, well, you know, McDaniel's went to Denver and he and he flamed out. Go look. Actually, look this up on your free time today when you're like screwing off at work. Go look at the head coaches. Don't do work. No, because we all do it. We all do it. Don't I'm do doing work. it right now. Do, do not do work. <laughs> when you're screwing off at work today, looking to kill some time, look up the amount of head coaches that kind of like faltered out on their first job and then succeeded at the second. You're always better at your second job, especially something that you can't really learn until you do. Right? Wouldn't I, could I not make the argument that a lot of presidents probably got better in the second term than the first? Because you know what you're doing a little bit now. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to think that as you as you get more experience, That's you get better at go. doing something there. Look at Bill Belichick. Look at Belichick. Got better the more dude as he went on. So, so are we saying Hugh Jackson might be a Super Bowl contender soon? Whoever I don't know about that. Fire you. I don't. I, I don't know why one thing's got to be this and the other thing's got to be that. Dude, you skipped over a whole lot of whole lot of four win things that could have happened right there in the middle there, Phantom. I'm not sure if I go all the way that way. But if you're Indianapolis, now what do you do, right? Because any other coach, yes, they are, you're going to be able to find a guy to take a head coaching job in the NFL. There's no doubt about that. But could, do you have the leverage you will need now? Because everybody knows you don't really want them. You didn't get the guy you really wanted. I think that Andrew Luck will really be the telltale here of, 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 of what happens in the Colts' future. I mean, because if you do have him coming back as a head coach, you got to look at that as like, man, I got, I got Andrew Luck, a franchise quarterback, 
and I have a, I think it's a top three draft pick. Like, that's pretty good position to be sitting in. Hey, I'm walking into this new position, dude. I got a bunch of new toys. Everything's going to be great. But you're right. If Andrew Luck isn't a part of that equation and I'm a head coach looking at this, dude, I want nothing to do with that job. Nothing. Jeremy tweeting in and says, dude, you got to remember, Montana went to Kansas City and took them to the AFC Championship game. You're right about that. I don't know that roster, but I bet if I went back and look on it, isn't Christian Okoye on that? Wasn't that defense really good? I mean, dude, yeah. I mean, the best football teams tend to have some pretty good goddamn players. Yeah, on it. dude, like, that's what I'm saying. Montana didn't take a team of scrubs to the AFC Championship game. There were players on that team. It's the ultimate team sport. Nobody ever, nobody in football ever does this alone. Nobody. It's just, dude, it's not built that way. It's actually built to to be the exact opposite of that, to keep dudes in line, to do their jobs. It's, it's a well-oiled machine. I'm just saying overall, this argument that nobody who is in New England is any good because Bill Belichick is like the emperor, it, I'm sorry, dude, I don't buy that. And I like how it's like, well, Brady's no good because he's got Belichick. Belichick's no good because he's got Brady. And it's like, guys, I mean, you could have... Two really good things going on at the same time. Welcome to the Say It's Very Show. <laughs> you know, people are saying, you know, you're making my point because you're arguing it's a system. It's always been a system. They just didn't have names until Bill Walsh named it. There's never been. Would you think those guys? Dude, was Fran Tarkenton out there with a stick in the in the ground saying, you run to the five, do a button hook here and do that? <laughs> no, it was written down. They had a plan. It's a system. There's never not been systems in the NFL, ever. Maybe when the Browns were winning championships, I don't know what was going on there. But I just, I don't buy this that nobody can leave New England and have success. I would argue, yet, I know you're going to argue me the quarterbacks. And yes, you're right. That that Bill Belichick and the Patriots can get more out of their players. Now, what do I always say about that? It's because they're strict and they're demanding. Where the rest of the league kind of like, I don't know, caters to these whiny crybabies. Belichick don't cater to you. Well, I mean, I think that's what really marks greatness of not only the system, but the individuals within the system is that you're capable of bringing the best out of people. Like, that's really what you want. I mean, I think that's what really sets you apart as a leader more than anything else. It's not what you necessarily do. It's what you're capable of having others do. And I, I, I feel like at this point, like... Well, you're not really that great because the other guy's great, too. If we use this system, then nobody can go take jobs. Then nobody can go take a job. This is what's happening now is this is a part of the culture where everybody gets to spout off their opinion. This, if we would have had this system before, you would have never seen anybody leave the Walsh tree. You all would have been convinced it was all Bill Walsh and nobody else. And yet, look how many coaches you got out of that that went on to be great Sometimes you can be near greatness and it will translate. Doesn't mean it has to, but it can. What would you rather have? If you were if you were in charge of your business today, you could take somebody who's been trained by somebody who has proven to be great or take a guy who's never been trained by anybody really good, who didn't work with a staff that was really good. Some of these coaches have great legacy trees. And I'm telling you, dude, now I would admit that my guess is Bill Belichick is involved more in every room in his locker rooms, meeting rooms, than any other head coach. I'm willing to bet he spends time in every position meeting, where a lot of those head coaches don't. They're gym teachers with with a clipboard. And one guy's doing all of this, and another guy's doing all that, and they're just kind of like watching. 
and that's what makes New England great, is that he is hands in. Now, I know they just lost the Super Bowl, but I'll remind you, this quarterback that everybody's telling me now tarnished his legacy, threw for over 500, had a better game than Nick Foles, didn't throw, didn't throw a pick, and his defense gave up 41 and left him on the field to die. You, you don't have you don't have to defend the, the Patriots' greatness. If you don't think that that the Patriots are great because they lost this last Super Bowl, that's on you. That is that's 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 your mistake. There, that is. It's always going to be a perfect storm when a team turns out to be good. No head coach can do it without a player. No player can do it without the right coaches or the right offensive line and this and that. What we're finding out now is that there's been unsung heroes on all these championship teams forever, and we've always made it about the stars. That's what you're seeing. It's always been a collection. Go back to like when Minnesota was great and they lost all those Super Bowls. It was because, dude, how that defensive line was so good. All of them. Not one dude. They were all good. And again, Bradshaw and Montana and all these guys, yeah, they were great. But they didn't deal with roster flipover, player mobility. I'm holding out in the, in the preseason for the right con. None of them dealt with any of that. Dudes just showed up, did their jobs, got paid 200 grand, and then worked in a dentist's office in the offseason. They weren't dealing with this kind of stuff. So I could make the argument that makes Brady even better. Because no matter who you put on that field, what happens? They win. He could have me out there and he'd find a way to make me look good. I'm just saying. I, dude, if, if Josh McDaniels wants to come and coach the Cleveland Browns, I'm taking him all day long. There's a family in Michigan that has to be stopped. And I want to be the guy that does it. So we'll do it next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here for Dunkin' Donuts. With the weather the way it is this morning, I'm sure something... 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 7.30, we'll send you to see Kid Rock at the queue on the 24th. When we give you those tickets, you should go to that show. Yeah. And uh, I, I say that because <laughs> I had tickets to go see Black Label Society last night. Forgot that show was last night. Didn't go. Saw a lot of people taking pictures, uh, pictures of it, and uh, you know, putting it up on the social media, and it seemed like it was a pretty good show. BLS is pretty good live, though. I mean, they are. Yeah, Zach's normally, uh, normally really on it there. I'm bummed out that I didn't do that. They're sitting right in my center console in my car too, and I just, I completely spaced. I forgot that show was last night. Yeah, you should go to the concerts you have tickets for. Been some school closings. You can get the full list, WRQK.com. I've also tweeted it out at Sansbury Show, so where you can grab that. Uh, I'm going to go to Michigan and uh, kick some ass. Okay. Okay, we all know screw Michigan. We're all okay. pretty much on, you know, on team that. Uh, there's a uh, couple in Rockford. I don't know where that is exactly. Um, don't know Michigan all that well. But they have 13 kids, all of them boys. Jesus, dude, 13 kids? Wife currently uh, pregnant, expecting the next one Ugh. in April. That sounds awful. awful. And uh, they say here that they don't expect it to be too much of a burden or a major change for them logistically or financially, they say. Well, at, at this point, I mean, you already got 13 of them. What's one more? Sure. Well, she's using that logic here. But she says if you have three kids, you might as well have 10. That it's really not that different. Oh. You mean to tell me, do this right there, and that statement right there. Now, what somebody's going to say to me is, well, she'll know better than you, Stansberry. You don't even have a kid. She's got 13. She'll know better. Where I would argue that this is the exact kind of person that needs to be stopped. If you don't understand 
just how the world works on a basic level that seven more mouths logistically right. and financially stresses right. you out further, then honestly, I think you're too stupid to have kids. Well, well even if it's not stressing you out, it's stressing the planet out. It's stressing For the sure. world out. There, you know, like I, I, I'm not here to tell you how many kids is appropriate or inappropriate, but like dude, I am. There, but but there has to be jobs for all these people and if we all took it upon ourselves if every if everybody if every couple decided hey let's have 13 kids are you effing kidding me like it is the one of the most un-american ideas ever to tell people that we need to limit how many children we have or or to do i know some other places around the world have done it and this and that and that's very un-american okay but it doesn't mean that it wouldn't help us and that i and that maybe and i don't know what the numbers say i'd have to you know what i mean we'd have to run the research and all that but I maintain, dude, like, I think it's irresponsible. This is what I'll say. I think it is irresponsible to have 14 children. Yeah, I agree. Some of you are listening now and have come from big families, and back in the day, parents would have seven, eight kids or whatever, and this and that, but it's before we knew a bunch of stuff. Well, and and, and, and I'm sorry, but seven, eight kids was irresponsible, and that's why we have too many people on the planet right now. And like, Agreed. And, 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 and I guess there's Let's a start walking of, people off cliffs. I wonder what this father does to, to be able to sustain this family. I mean, to have 14 people that you're responsible for. I mean, what if these kids all want to go to college? Like, how are you going to pay for that? Right? I mean, like, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what you do. First of all, they have to still be paying the hospital bills from these kids being born. How are you not trapped underneath that? And just think about, like... Isn't it like $100,000 to deliver a kid? Just think about, like, everything that you've done. Don't get me wrong. You're going to be able to reuse some stuff. But everything that you've bought for your kid, it's like, well, now i got to buy it again. Now i got to buy it again. And now you got to buy it again 13, 14 different times, dude. Like, how, where's this money coming from? I, 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 can't, I can't put my wrap my head around that. I worry about one kid, dude, about my hypothetical child. And I just think to myself, I'm like, dude, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have a kid because I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford the damn thing. The 14 freaking kids? Here's what I know. If you have 14 kids, here's what I know for sure. If you have 14 kids, you can't afford the thing you really need, which is vaginal rejuvenation. <laughs> That's the thing you need most. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 1069. We're also online at WRQK.com. It can be heard everywhere via iHeartRadio. It was uh, it was just this morning. I was checking uh, my Facebook feed, and Facebook will give you your memories, Phantom. Yeah. It'll tell you things that you've posted in years past. Yeah. So let's take a stroll down memory lane, shall we? Okay. February 7th, 2012. Six years ago today. My post was, I put it off long enough. It's time for me to buy a Kyrie Irving jersey. Well, there you go. <laughs> there, there, there you go. And I think it's still true. <laughs> Did you buy a Polar Pop and start selling drugs that very same day? Was, I, uh, that, was that what happened? I kind of want to get me a Kyrie Irving Boston Celtics jersey. Because I think Kyrie Irving could score more than nine points in the fourth quarter. Dude, the Cavs are a disaster right now. What in the world is happening? Nine points in a quarter? Dude, you'd have to try to be that bad. 
Yeah, I mean, you would just think that by skill alone, you'd be able to put up more points than that, especially against a bad Orlando team. Here's the thing. This team has got enough talent on it to be better than that just yes. by running the court. Just 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 by like by by opening up the up the gym doors. Yes, so you happening? should be better than that. I don't know, dude. I don't know if I can put a, a finger on it. I don't know if anybody can right now. I think that's a big part of the problem is that, Is Kevin is, Love the glue maybe? Is is nothing makes sense right now where like is Kevin Love the glue? I don't know, but he certainly is one of the better basketball players out on the floor. So when you take I, him yes. out, when you take him out of the equation, I mean, that's obviously going to complicate things, but they sucked before Ke- before yeah, Kevin that's Love. True. Got I hurt. mean, it's, it's not, he's so, not the lynch. So, 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 so I, I, I can't point at any one thing and, and, and be like, well, pff, this is exactly what it is. Um, I, I, there's a part of me and like, I almost just want this whole thing to be over. Number one, just because it's like, dude, I can't take the drama anymore. I can't take, and and, and for some reason, and it's because I'm a huge Cavaliers fan, um, I have had to be the, well, give me an answer, dude. Give me an explanation. And I'm like, guys, I, I, I don't know. I wish I could tell you. Like, I, I wish I knew, but I, I, I don't. Um, and I just want to be able to look back on these past four years and hopefully once, if, you know, once this season's over and if LeBron walks away, I want to be able to look back on this and remember them fondly. I feel like right now in the middle of of the drama, in the middle of the losing, in the middle of the free fall, it, it, everything, everything the Cavaliers have done in the past four years, it, to me, at this moment, feels tainted, where it's like, oh, dude, it, it, none of that mattered. And it's like, yes, it did, dude. Yes, it 100% did. C- the Cleveland Cavaliers ended the championship drought in Northeast Ohio for something that none of us thought was possible, something we all just assumed, well, pff, yeah, I'm going to die, and we're not going to have a ring. We're I not legit- going to have a trophy. No, I spent a lot of my life going, it'll never, never happen. happen. It will never happen. Once they Indians lost the World Series in the 90s, I thought I was like, okay, that's it. Right. We're right, done. Right. And I mean, once once LeBron left, that's when in my mind it was like, it's over, dude. I will die. I will be in the ground. Yeah, that's fair. I will be in the yeah. ground without a championship to celebrate. And like, I, I, I've made this point before, too. Like, as a Cavaliers fan. You're going to the ground without another one. I'll tell you that. Well, I mean. <laughs> I'll tell you that. If, if that's the case, and let's let's be real, if I have another 40, 50 years on the planet and that's the case, and, and there's one championship in over 100 years in Northeast Ohio. All the more special. The fact that I got to see it, the fact that I got to celebrate it. Lucky enough it, to be alive. Right. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't, no matter how bad this ends up this year for the Cavaliers, and I'm talking like, I'm talking worst case scenario because I think right now they're only four and a half games ahead of the ninth seed in the East. So Jeez. worst case scenario is they do not make the playoffs this year. Worst case right there. And if that is to happen, I'm still going to celebrate this run of the Cleveland Cavaliers because that's all it's all I have at this point now LeBron came out uh, I believe yesterday I'll paraphrase here a little bit but the quote I saw was um, I'm here for the long haul I would never trade my no trade clause or I would never waive my no trade clause sorry and I knew he was not going to trade his his. I knew he was not going to waive his no trade clause. At the end of the day, you have more power if you just go into free agency and just kind of let everybody come to you versus like, yeah, I'll waive it to go here versus go there, go there, this and that. I think you ultimately still have more control if you just head into free agency. Well, you can waive it with stipulation. You can waive yeah, it like that's I, what I'm saying. I think though he it, it, it's now you're still just dealing with teams who may want to trade things to get you versus like we'll just pay to get you. I think he's still has more control if you head into free agency without doing that. And I don't think, and I think honestly that there's enough problems between he and Dan Gilbert. And I told 
all of you, when he came back here, he still hates Dan Gilbert. And everybody told me I was crazy. I told you, I told you, I told you. This has been a problem since he left the first time. He viewed that letter as racist, as ownership over him, and he is not just going to let that go. I, I think I think more than being frustrated with the past trans- transgressions with Dan Gilbert, I think LeBron right now has to look at Dan Gilbert and say, like, dude, you were the cause of all this. And I, I buy it, man. I mean, when, when Dan Gilbert moved off of David Griffin for no reason as the general manager of the Cavaliers, somebody who had done a phenomenal bang-up job as general manager that was of the a Cavaliers. Bad I mean, it was a terrible move, I would dude. agree that that I was mean, a bad move. It was a bad move when it happened. Looking back in hindsight, I mean, it was an atrocious move. It was, it was a train wreck of a move. So, like, that move didn't translate into you not being able to score more than nine points in the fourth quarter. Yes, but that move certainly that move certainly hamstrung the team in a very real fashion. And if, if David Griffin would have been there, would Kyrie Irving still be on this team? What would have happened? What would that butterfly effect have been? And like I, I nobody knows. I if you ask me my opinion, I don't think so. I think whatever happened between Kyrie Irving and LeBron James, I still maintain it's a woman, and I maintain that's why part of the reason why you don't hear the story because Kyrie's not going to press the issue because most guys around the league are going to be like, dude, seriously, over abroad? Like, I still, I still maintain that that's what happened here. I don't think David Griffin stops Kyrie Irving from from leaving. I really don't. Expedites a better trade, makes something else happen. That's the whole thing. And as, as you look at, as you look at, it seems like a weird thing to say now. Everybody loved the trade when it happened. Uh, I mean, it I, seemed like we, uh, dude. That's all I heard from every blog. Everybody's like, "Oh, we won. We got, dude. We got this guy. We got this guy. We got well, this guy." And all we had to give up was was Kyrie Irving. Well, now as evidence has presented itself that it was the wrong call. I just think that you could have been in a much better situation as a team, being able to have flexibility in your roster as opposed to. At this point, it's just like I mean, and that's the thing is like the Cavaliers, as we sit here a day out from 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 the trade deadline, still have not made a major upgrade. So it's just like. From a front office perspective, the Cavaliers have dropped the ball. And once again, that goes to Dan Gilbert, dude. Like, at the end of the day, you're the owner. The buck stops on your desk. I'm a pessimist, okay? And a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, I suppose, especially in this regard. I think this is all orchestrated out of LeBron James to make it look like it's Dan Gilbert's fault. So when he leaves, everybody blames Gilbert and nobody blames LeBron like they did last time. I think this is all about I want out and I'm going to orchestrate it that way and I'm going to get out. I'm going to get what I want and the fans aren't going to burn jerseys because they're going to be mad at Dan Gilbert. And I think this is the ultimate middle finger F you for what you did last time. And that letter is still in the back of his mind. Savannah, dude, it was quoted as I don't want to go back there. I don't want to be part of that and the whole thing and he came and I told you he came back here to win a championship to clean up his image around the league and that if he leaves now and Cleveland fans are pissed what the rest of the league is going to say oh shut up he won you a championship you should be happy with it and I agree true I am happy with and they're and they're right about it but that's what I'm saying I think this whole thing is being orchestrated by the greatest player of a generation and and dude this is all about him wanting out and to put the blame on Dan Gilbert this is a little bit LeBron James here there is a little bit of you being not willing to commit long term to the team because of your issues with Dan Gilbert is kind of stopping things from happening. We've seen other guys go, well, dude, I don't know if I want to go there because if dude, if LeBron leaves, then I'm stuck there. If the team isn't willing to commit to LeBron, I I, I, I can understand why you feel that, why he feels that way. I mean, like if you if you can't say that, like, hey, it is worth it is worth the money to to you know worth the money, worth the time, worth you know the the the, the everything that. 
shit we have to put in on you. If you're not going to do that and you can't keep a general manager who gets things done and it's not, it's worth saving $5 million to you, then I understand why you feel that way as LeBron. Do you buy the theory that had we not lost David Griffin, we would have Paul George and Carmelo Anthony? Matthew's tweeting that in, and I don't buy it. I, I, I think I think David Griffin is a considerably better general manager than Kobe Altman right now. So I like, agree, yes. but but they both all but they both end up having the same cell line at the end of the conversation. LeBron James. Like at the end of the day, dude, if Paul George and Carmelo Anthony really wanted to play with LeBron, Colby Altman isn't the thing that's going to stop so, you from so, doing that. So what? So I mean, something fell apart with in this offseason. Something fell apart with the with the accusation or with the with the accusations of players. So like something's not happening there. There's the, still the Chauncey Billups thing thing the, too that happened too. Right. So to me, this is front office. This is this is a team that wasn't willing to do what it needed to do to put itself in a championship contending place. I would agree that the front office and ownership had definitely have issues. There's definitely problems there. But nothing that happens in that meeting room upstairs turns into nine points in the fourth quarter. At the end of the day, dude, that's still JR. It's Tristan. It's LeBron. It's IT. It's Jay Crowder. That's who it's on. Dan Gilbert's not out there with a jersey running layup lanes. This is on them a little bit. It is. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm not trying to make the argument of that's why they lost the game last night, but but if you take a step back and look at the big picture, I, I just I, think this is a huge part of the Cavaliers' problems. I feel like it's very cultivated for it to be that way. And for people to be able to blame ownership, and so that way, when the when the when the player of a generation leaves, you go, well, pff, what was he going to do? We had Dan Gilbert, one of the worst owners in the NBA. Which, by the way, let's revisit. Dan Gilbert went out there, dude, and paid how much in luxury tax money to get you a title? How much? Let's dial down the worst owner in sports thing. Like he's got his issues, he's got some problems. But dude, it's real easy to forget that that guy went out with his with his pocketbook and has bought every single player LeBron James wanted. When dude, when LeBron comes out middle of the season, and, oh, I'm not the GM, but yeah, but go get me this guy, go get me this guy, go get me this guy. What's Dan Gilbert do? Pulls out that credit card and gets it done. I think this whole thing is being orchestrated so he can leave and he's not the most hated man in American sports when he does it. Your shot at Kid Rock tickets next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. What's going on, guys? You got Stansberry here for the Wake Up Auto family. Are you sick and tired of driving back and forth to work every day in a car that might not make nine? Show. We're on Rock 1069. We have Kid Rock tickets for you. He's playing the 24th up at the queue. We'll get you hooked up here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625 is the number you will need for those. I kind of like to go see that actually myself. Uh, he's pretty good live. Like He can get it done for sure. Oh, no question about it. Yeah, he's entertaining. Kid Rock's pretty good. You don't have to love his music. He is entertaining. I've always made that same argument about Limp Biscuit. Fred Durst was a good front man. Like, he just knew how to get the crowd going. Which I'm surprised with all, like, everybody getting back together again. Like, we haven't seen more of that. Yeah, I mean, Nostalgia's hot, and Limp Bizkit certainly, you know, could, could, could you know, cash in on that. I, I don't know why they have it. They've owned that, they own that corner of time. You know what I mean? Like, that, that like, mid-late 90s thing. Like, they just kind of, like, sum that, 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 that time of uh, pretty perfectly, Fred, and, and the boys do. I, uh... I mean, I haven't even heard, like, rumors of it, which is just crazy. I mean, everybody's trying to make money right now. Fred Durst, what else do you have going on? Yeah, do a fail world tour and then do it again five years from now. Right, DJ Lethal, all you dudes, what are you doing? You're not doing anything with your life, right? I mean, West Borland's back living in Florida. Like, just lives, like, I don't know, in some neighborhood. I can't imagine that any one of those guys is doing a whole lot. I don't know. Be interesting. I've always said one of the reasons why I didn't want to have kids is that... 
when you have children, not only do you have your kids, you have everybody else's kids. Meaning, I got to go to parties. I got to yeah. go do all this stuff. I got to go to like two-year-old yeah. birthday parties for kids I don't care about, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, and eventually your you know your little booger eater is going to have a best friend, and now all of a sudden you like I got to pay for that douche to go to the movies. Right, you're feeding that kid, you're caring about that kid, you're worried about that kid, and it's like God, dude, I don't want to do any of that. Yeah, so yeah, I get, I get it. I don't want to do that, right? And it can be expensive to raise children. Yeah, and so I saw this post. It went a little viral yesterday. Where this woman is charging everybody who plans on attending her child's birthday party $9 to come. She sent out the invitations. Now she says, I've invited everybody in the class. We're not, we're not doing this where, you know, my kid only invites, the, you know, their friends. We're not, we're, we, we want to be inclusive. We don't want to leave anybody out. Everybody's invited. Okay. But the mom says it's going to cost you if you would like to attend $9 per child. Okay. She said she invited all of her twins, 60 classmates. That's a lot of people. That is. That's a lot, right? And she broke it down by what she's going to be, because I guess they're doing gift bags and they're doing some other kind of stuff or whatever. And, you know, the food of the party and this and that. She broke it down, did the math, and figured out it's going to cost her about $7 per guest to host the party. So she would like that to be recouped by charging $9, which, if my math is right, she's looking to clear a $2 profit per kid coming through the door. Making an extra 120 bucks, But that's if everyone shows up. I would assume this is probably like, all right, we can only expect if two-thirds of these kids to show up. So to make that money up. See, this is what I think they did. This is much like how my brother and his wife were both from Ohio. But they were living in California when they got married, so they got married in California. And I asked, I said, why don't you just go home and get married? And I remember my sister-in-law now saying, because we want to be able to invite everybody, but we don't want to have to pay for when everybody shows up. We know only the people who really care are going to fly out here to see us get married. It'll be our families. It'll be our close friends. We will have the small wedding we want and yet still be able to invite 300 people. Right. I thought it was a brilliant plan. Yeah. And this to me feels like very much the same way. Instead of being shamed for only inviting 10 kids out of the class that your kids actually like, let's invite everybody, but we'll thin the herd because a lot of parents are going to get pissy about this and not want to pay to come. And so they're going to stay home. Um, am I going to pay for my kid to go to a birthday party? It, now, bucks? see, it, it all yeah, depends. Probably. probably. It, I mean, here's the thing. I want to say no, right? But that's easy to say when it's not my daughter crying in the kitchen yeah, about how she yeah, doesn't right, get to right, go to the party. Right, right. I'm like anybody else. The moment I have a daughter, I'm going to be like, whatever she wants, man. Like, I'm going to be that guy. For sure I am. Right? Uh, um, is there any like, well, maybe you should scale back on the party if you can't afford it? This is That, that was the most common Facebook post that was being that's being said and i tend to be one of those right but isn't the blog you know the bloggerverse going to say well you know you're robbing kids of a birthday party then and you know it's not her fault and this and that and like you're not being you know sensitive to the struggle of a mom with two kids and twins and yeah but what's right you know what i mean like i mean i, I don't care what the bloggerverse says i care what Stansberry says i will i i i would agree i that's definitely what i care i i'm more likely i would tell my wife if we can't afford this then we're not doing it because, I mean, you got to think, all right, so now I'm coughing up nine bucks, and I'm sure you're expecting me to buy a present for your child, and you have two. So, like, so, they're twins, yeah. So, so now, I mean, already when it comes to a birthday party, and I think that's kind of the recoup of the cost of the birthday party is the presents, where it's like, 
all right, I'm going to throw a party for 30 kids, and yeah, it's going to cost me money, but my kid's going to get a $25 present from each kid, and all of a sudden, that's kind of like the, the like, you know, that's 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 the price of business there. She's saying a lot of the, what happens here, too, is that you invite kids in a class, and then the parents come with that kid, but they don't, like, get a babysitter for their other kids, so then, like, other their other children are coming, too. Okay. And she's like, dude, I'm just, I, I'm coming out of I'm coming out of pocket too much money for this party. Yeah, and I guess at that point, what are you going to do? Be invite only and be like, no, sorry, you know, little four-year-old brother, you're not allowed to come here. It, dude, this, would, this is what's crazy. This is how far the world's come. And I'm not saying it's wrong, and maybe it should be this way. I don't know. But when I was growing up, nobody would have ever thought about the kid who didn't get invited to the birthday party. It, what it would have been was, is, are you friends with them? Well, not really. I mean, they're, we're in the same class. I can see them. We're obviously, we're in, we're in third, fourth grade. You never change classrooms, so I see them all day. But am I friends with them? No. And it would have been like, well, then why do you want to go to the birthday? That would have been the thing. It wouldn't have been like you were leaving people out. Yeah, it would have been just, you know, those aren't your friends. Those aren't so. your friends, so you only invite your friends, but that's not the world we live in today. This woman is trying to dodge a bullet here, where if you invite 10 kids out of this class versus everybody, then it's viral, like, oh my God, well, what does it say about you secretly underneath it all? Are you being racist? Are you being biased? What's the thing? And in reality, she's just trying to make sure everybody can be invited so ever, nobody feels left out, because I would admit, even still now as an adult, there were times where I was not invited to certain parties because I wasn't friends with certain people, and you thought to yourself, well, that kind of sucks because it couple of my friends are going to be there. And so now I can't play with them today because they're going to be over there doing that. Now, my parents weren't sissies and go to the school and like cry about it or whatever. And they told me like, yeah, dude, sometimes things doesn't go your way. And again, I always say this. My parents always used any struggle as a teaching lesson versus like an excuse on why they should complain. They used it as a, as a way to show me how the world was going to treat me the rest of my life. And we don't do that anymore. And I have a problem with that. And I wouldn't do that. I would probably be more along the lines of my parents. But if I felt like Honey, we can't afford this party. Then I'm not inviting 60 people to my house. Then don't have the party. I mean, I, that's my thing is like, if you can't afford it, I mean, how many times, like, yeah, you, you know, well, yeah, hey, I didn't get invited, but how many kids have been like, yo, I want a big birthday party and I want a John Cena cake and I want, you know, all this stuff. And parents have had to have the tough conversation of like, well, we don't have the money for that. Like, yeah. I mean, it, did I, I had dealt with it my it, whole life. Is it, isn't that the tough conversation, though, as opposed to saying, like, well, no, you know what we're going to do? We're going to crowdsource our, our, our birthday parties? Yeah, I don't love this. I, I, re I really don't. I, I, I understand where she's coming from. I think she's trying to cut something off at the past, but I am more along the line. If you can't afford the party, don't throw the party. We have Kid Rock tickets. He'll throw you a party 24th at the queue. Let's send caller 17 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. Right back with more show. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com and we're hooking you up with Canton Charge tickets at 8.30 and 9 o'clock is when you get your keyword for a trip to two to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. If you're looking through your windshield right now, how good does a trip to L.A. sound? Yeah, Los Angeles. That's what's happening. Need to get out there. So Fantone just went out to his car to grab something. And he came back in and he tells me, dude, there is two inches of snow on my car. You got here at 530, which is yeah. later than you normally are. Yeah. I All mean, right? number one, it, it was terrible conditions. Doubled my commute time. Me too. Uh, number two, I was at the chocolate bar late last night. So uh, I was already behind the eight ball. And then it was like terrible weather. And you got to brush your car how'd off. How'd that go? Uh, chocolate bar, dude. Roaring success last night. A lot of the Stansberry show. 20 million showing up. So always, like always a tip of the hat to you guys. Um, but no, dude, like I'm telling you. 
uh, I got here at 5.30, and when I got here, my car was cleaned off 100%, which, by the way, if you're out there listening right now, clean your goddamn cars off. Don't think, oh, I can see through the windshield. I'll just drive oh, with Oh, I this. hate people that do that. The whole car. We're talking the roof. What happens is then, I, this happened to me yesterday in Stowe. Like, like a truck pulled out in front of me on, like, Darrow Road. Or whatever it was, and all the like the truck of the or the snow off the top of hit the truck was flying behind him, and then I couldn't see a damn thing. All the snow, you need to brush it off your car. Um, uh, but but yeah, dude, I'm gonna say two plus inches on a, on my car. So like in the last two hours, well over an inch an hour. Phantom said to me yesterday when we were checking the weather what it was gonna be like. He's like, dude, we're supposed to get six. He's like, we're getting a penis of snow tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, buddy. Yes, yes, we are. We're getting a uh, we're getting a white penis of snow. <laughs> that's uh, that's true. I'm already reading all the God damn it! I love my kids, but go to school. And I, I would agree. Like, I don't know what parents do. Like, I don't know. You either. know what I mean? Because your boss doesn't care. No, your boss wants you at work. Yeah. But what do you do? Like, where do you take your kids? And I, I, I there's a woman who works here who I guess has like a. Um, there's like somebody on call. Like there, I guess there's people like in her neighborhood who are like, "Hey, when this happens, you know, my wife's a stay-at-home mom or like a stay-at-home dad or whatever, and we'll collect all the kids in the neighborhood." And like she pays to have people like on call. Oh, you're gonna pay one way or another. And I sure. mean, this is I'm sure this is when daycares and stuff like that probably make the money that they they need to make for the year. Like this is probably when you're paying rent is days like this. I've said it before, man. I can't believe that daycares and, and babysitters, child child care services and stuff like that. I can't believe they don't do it like Uber, where like it's pro-rate. like where it's like, dude, it's a surge price. If everybody wants my business right now, if everybody wants Wants to buy something from me, I'm bumping up the prices. Like I, I, I would think totally if I'm Kinder Care or whatever the hell these things are called, you, double, double, double prices, bro. Yeah, you want you want to drop your kid off? You got to pay me twice here. Yeah, it kind of sounds like a CEO who buys a drug and then raises the prices on it. I mean, I just feel like I, you, 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 you. At this point, I guess I'm more than anything. I'm surprised that doesn't happen. Like I am and- too. I, I, I agree with you that that it is an opportunistic thing, and we live in a capitalist country. And so I, I'm with you. I'm surprised that does not happen more i am um, dude i i thought i was over this cold i had yeah and now i don't think so i went and played a little indoor golf yesterday Swinging and it. oh yeah dude felt good right. i haven't hit a ball in a while it felt good feeling good doing good the stansbury show doing his doing his thing over there okay we, we got the hybrid uh like dialed in right at 215 right where we want it right got the the three woods a little sloppy we'll get it figured out <laughs> still got some time to go before you know season kicks off no wonder you're in a good mood today i'm like dude why is he in an all right mood like yeah, what, what happened did he get yeah. laid what happened all right so you played golf okay. now that's uh let's not get carried away there <laughs> all right golf um, and sex look out <laughs> I don't think I could do both in the same day anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. I might I, I mean, might need some over the counter medication for some of that. I don't know. I don't know if I got eighteen and uh, you know a, a, a roll in the hay in me still these days. Who knows? I don't know. I, if anybody would like to test that theory, <laughs> if somebody wants to test that theory, but dude, I'm still not feeling all that great. So I'm sure jumping in a freezing cold body of water on Saturday's <laughs> the right fix. I'm sure that's the right thing to do. As Phantom got me roped into this damn thing, I did not. I refuse to take responsibility on this one. I started talking about it. I started talking about it, and I was, you know, hey, going to do the Jackson uh, Polar Bear Plunge right there and uh, doing it on behalf of Project Rebuild, which is a great nonprofit that I work with in uh, in Canton where they work with uh, students who are disadvantaged, whether that is, you know, hey, I'm a high school dropout or, you know, come from poverty or, or whatever the case is. They stop kids from system. breaking into your car. Right. They give kids a second chance. They give right. students a second chance here yeah, where it's, it's like, you know, so it, it really is. Um, and, and we're doing it on behalf of them. Uh, so I just started talking about
about it. And Stan's Bruce like, you know what? I'm going to do it too. Like and, an idiot. And I was going to say, dude, like you, you could have knocked me over with a feather that day because I was like, what, what do you mean you want to do this too? My day off. I tried to give you an out on it. You're like, no, dude, I'm doing it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, dude. I have zero interest in this. Um, but we uh, we have an official time now, so uh, two fifteen oh, is when good. you and I will be jumping into Lake Cable right there. So what do they do? They do it like a staggered thing. Well, they do it like there's a bunch of different nonprofits that are a part of this. Like Ooh. you know, I mean, there's 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 schools that do this. There's church groups that do this. There's 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 Officer Lamar Sharp's uh, Be a Better Me. Uh, foundation right there is doing this. So I would assume he will be out there. I don't know if his ass is jumping into the lake, but he's going to oh, have... Oh, dude, if I'm going in the water, <laughs> Lamar Sharp's going in the water. And uh, he's he's going to have representatives out there as well, but they do it, you know, they'll send out, hey, the, right now it's the, you know, the Stark County Hunger Task Force going out there and they go do it. Um, it'll be you, me, one of the instructors, Joe, and one of the students, CJ. We actually played his song on New Turd Tuesday a couple of months back. Oh, I remember him, yeah. Uh, so, so we'll be the four people representing Project Rebuild. We're the four people raising funds for it, and I'm very proud to say right now, uh, Project Rebuild, we are ahead of Officer Lamar Sharp's Be A Better Me Foundation. Oh, I like it. So we're trying to take donations, all information up at WRQK.com. We will be there at 2.15 on Saturday. <sighs> where is this again? Uh, Lake Cable, like right across from, I believe the Winking Lizard is where it all goes down. Damn. <laughs> I don't I don't want to I, I mean dude of all the things that like I honestly I didn't know it was staggered I figured it was a couple <laughs> hundred people everybody gonna run towards the water Stansbury's gonna do 180 run right back to the parking lot nobody would know no there's a little bit of like hey you know there's gonna be a guy with a microphone being like hey, coming up next it's blah 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 it's a project rebuild job all right here's I'm saying this right now okay I'm not being that dude no you're not that being happens that, dude. that happens at every event I go to <laughs> somebody, somebody dude I went to my buddy's deck party once he handed me a mic was like Give away some prize. <laughs> what the hell am I doing? I Ubered here to get loaded. I'm not working. And so, like, no, dude, I'm not getting roped into that. I have not necessarily, I, I don't think snow's in the forecast on Saturday, but I can guarantee it's not going to be warm. You I'm know what I'm no. saying? Like, it's going to be cold. It's going to be miserable. So, I, all right. I am supposed to be in Medina by like 4 15. I, fine. I, I'm in. Yeah, I'm playing in an indoor golf tournament that I care much more about than I do <laughs> jumping in a freezing cold body of water. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm fairly confident to say that like we'll go in, we'll get out, and that'll be the end of our day for us. It's not like we're gonna have to like stand around and wait till the end or do anything like that. So, so. do I bring my own towel? How's this work? Yeah, I probably would bring a towel. I mean, <laughs> I think that's probably. Uh, and 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 you got to remember too, if you're going somewhere right after this. Um, you're gonna be like lake water on you, so like you're probably gonna have to figure out: Do you want to shower before you before you go to this golf tournament, oh, or at least it. or at least have something that you don't smell like lake water? You're I gonna... was using this as my shower. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I was gonna rinse off in the lake. Dude, what do you think that? What's the temperature of that water going to be like? Oh, pretty damn cold. I mean, you got to think we've had a real cold winter. I mean, like there's been thaws, but for a good couple of weeks there, it was like zero degrees. And when that happens, you know that temperature has a really hard time rising back up. Uh, so it's going to be freezing ass cold. There's no question. Is there any chance the lake freezes completely over and we can't do it? No, they have like they'll break up the ice. Like that's the whole thing is they have like something that'll go in there, break up the ice for that little beach section right there. And they continue to do that. Now, don't get me. They're going to have like paramedics on hand. They'll have out in the water. There will be like trained lifeguards there in case something were to happen. Oh, great! But, people in shape. No, come, that's what I need. Come hell or high water, dude. Uh, we're we're gonna be we're gonna be taking a dip in that lake right there. Forty-one for a high on Saturday, so that's not too bad. I think we should be good. Yeah, ball me. Yeah, ball me. Right.
Right. I don't know how. Dude, what the hell was I thinking? What were you thinking, bro? I mean, I was like, what? 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 And here's the thing. You can't back out now. Yeah, if you would have said to me, yo, Fantone, I'll give you 100 bucks to do this. Good job. Get out there, buddy. I'd be like, yeah, that's Stansberry's move. For you to say, no, I will go jump into that water. What? You got to stop getting stoned before work. <laughs> like, <laughs> had I been sober, I would have been like, yeah, dude, here's your 100 bucks. I would have thought that plan out. Dude, where were you that day? Where, <laughs> where were you just saying that to me? Like, dude, why don't you just donate money? God. So wait. So if I remember correctly, yeah. your plan is to go swim trunks. Yeah, I'm going swim trunks. I'm going swim trunks, and that's it. That's and it. and no shirt. No shirt. No. Do you not? You you know what you're wearing. You know what you're doing, dude. I think I'm going swim trunks and hoodie. <laughs> like, no, well, but the thing is, is that's going to be clinging to you as it's you gonna get be out. Heavy. It's going to be heavy, and it's going to make you even colder. So like, no, I think I'm just going. I'm going. I, I mean, as 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 less stress as possible. I think is the best bet there. We've talked about this a few times on the radio. I'm telling you right now, there's no way I'm taking my shirt off. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, there's no way that's happening. Do you know how many you know how many jerks that listen to this show are going to come here and be like, all he does is yell, tell us we're all morons, and now it's our chance to take him down a few pegs. Like that's what's going to happen. And no, here's the thing though: is you're not taking Stansberry's self esteem lower. I don't know if that's possible, dude. I mean, like it's down there, and I don't know if taking your shirt off one way or another is going to help or right. hurt. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not really all that wild about myself to begin with. It's a lot of self-loathing and hatred that goes into making this product what it is. Yeah. We don't know what it is, no. but, but that's what goes into <laughs> making it. All right. So uh, some data came out, and I'm this guy. Uh, I, I like saying when I'm right and when I'm wrong. I uh, have no problem uh, owning up and telling you I'm wrong. So they did some research. They polled, and that was a very small poll. They polled 2,000 people. But what this poll tells us, it flies in the face of everything I've been saying. And I'll walk back some of my statements next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Nine. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 1069. If you have not been out of the house yet, started your morning commute, dude, I'm telling you, give yourself all kind of extra time. It's bad. Don't leave your house. Stay in your house. Yeah, I would have uh, I would have liked to stay at home today. Yeah, dude, not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm not looking forward to that drive home, dude. I'm hoping by then mm. that they're going to be out plowing. I've heard until noon this is going to be going. The winter, winter, the winter weather storm advisory goes until 4 from what I've heard. So, like, yeah, fingers crossed we're okay, but... I uh, I'm I'm a little concerned, man. I don't want to drive in this crap. I just read an annoying article where people are talking about the differences in riding. You know, when over injustice or over a sports team winning. And guys, I have not seen any any place where people in Philadelphia are being commended for burning their city up. Why are we making this that it's like people are saying, look, this, see, you can see white privilege in this. No, you can't. It's being condemned by everyone. Meanwhile, dude, it, that would also make the point that only white people are, are, are rioting and looting and doing all this stuff in the streets over the Super Bowl win, which is, of course, not true. I've seen all the videos of everything's free and windows being smashed out. It wasn't only white people in that store. Don't, talk, don't make this about white privilege, bro. This is about the fact that of how many people it was and the cops were trying to figure out what's the best place to drop a perimeter and build a plan and then go in this is not about white privilege nobody is saying it's okay for this to happen but articles go out and they do more to divide than unite and it just ends up creating more problems between communities nobody's making the argument that what's going on in philly should be happening nobody 
Every place I've seen this posted, they've been called names, they've been called rioters, they've been called all this stuff, and it's been condemned by every outlet I've read. Now, you might get an idiot on Twitter who thinks it's funny, but no media outlet is treating it any differently. It's all been the same. But these articles come out and they do more to, more to divide than unite, and then it just becomes, see, look at these problems. When in reality, dude, we all agree and we are all more on the same side than we are different. There's just clicks and money and convincing us that we're separated and that we're more divided. There's money in it. And I'm not falling for it. I'm not falling for it. I'm arguing with this woman on Facebook right now. She's like, way to deflect. I'm like, I'm not deflecting. You're not arguing away the point that it's not only white people looting. There's Asians in there. There's African-Americans in there. There's all kinds of people. I've seen the videos. I've seen them. I've also been one of the people very vocal about the fact that what's happening right there is silly. And you got to stop that. There is no good reason, never, not one, to burn your city down, ever. There is no good excuse to do that. I don't care what's happened to you. I don't care who won what. There's nothing to be done there. I'm also hearing that if, because we handled ourselves responsibly over the Cavs win, that, 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 that Ohio wouldn't do this if the Browns won the Super Bowl. And you're crazy. You're crazy. You think, you think major riots? Major riots. Cars flipped over, fires in the street, looting downs. Yes, absolutely. Because here's why. The Browns have fed you desperation for a decade plus, where when you won the championship with the, tr- with the most transformative NBA player in the last 15 years, you kind of expected to win one with him. So, of course, it's different. Where if you go from where the Browns are now to winning a Super Bowl, dude, that is going to, that's going to come out. It's going to bubble over. And I honestly think the parade has more attendees than the Cavs parade did. It's just a football city. It's just, it's just a football state. It's just who we are. We'll take a championship from the Cavs. But you ask anybody, you ask, not anybody, you ask most people if they would trade that Cavs championship for a Browns championship, and they're all saying yes. I would in a heartbeat. I guess I just don't understand. I mean, for a team that's treated you so poorly and so has 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 just crapped on everything that you care about so many times, I don't get that. I, I don't understand why. Like, uh, I, I hold no no loyalty to the Browns. There, I think you're you're skipping over the part that people have loyalty to the sport more than they do the NBA. More people care about the NFL than care about the NBA, for sure. It's not even close. Now, I do have to handle this thing that happened with the NFL, because I may have been wrong on this, and I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. All right, That's, I, I view that as the mark of a grown-up. But a, somebody has done a poll. Now, I, should, I will point out that they polled 2,000 people. So I don't know how seriously we can take this, but I don't want to be accused of not being fair to the situation. Okay? But Super Bowl 52 drew about 103.5 million viewers. Enough to land it in the 10 most watched U.S. television events ever. Pretty good. You're pulling over 100 million people into your program. That's pretty good. We but ultimately, ultimately led into, yeah, it ultimately led to a 7% drop from last year's Super Bowl. And it matches, they're saying here, the 10% average ratings decline for the NFL. Now, again, I have said all the way along that I, I recognize there's been a drop-off of viewership, but ultimately I feel like the NFL's just as strong as they've ever been. They're going to be fine. I don't feel like the NFL's in trouble, okay? But in a new survey, UBS, I guess is a bank, asked people why they watched or did not watch the Super Bowl. They surveyed 2,000 American consumers, and roughly 800 said they watched the NFL of that group, Okay. 17.5% did admit that they watched less NFL this season than in the past. 
of those people who watched less NFL, 50% of them chose don't approve of the national anthem protest as their number one most popular reason why. They were not asked for a answer. They were asked to select all answers that fit their description of why they weren't watching the NFL. But it does look as if the anthem protest was the number one reason why. Now, I don't know if a small sample size of $2,000 can, or 2,000 people rather can be extrapolated all over the entire audience. I think, I think, I think multiple things went into play here. I feel like multiple things went in here. I think there was some Brady fatigue. There's some Patriot fatigue. I also think a lot of people felt like Nick Foles wasn't going to be able to do it, a backup quarterback. And so a lot of people may have just tuned out. But I wanted to be fair to the situation as I was the guy telling you that the protests aren't really working ultimately. But it does seem that the people who are staying away from it, that that is the reason why they're doing it. I, I, I think both things can be true here that like yeah the NFL lost ratings and we can point to a lot of different things in that reason I mean we've talked about it time and time again of like there is a perfect storm against football and to deny the backlash of the protest you'd be wrong that that there's certainly a backlash there um but if 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 you losing ground means that you have over a hundred million viewers you can bounce back from this i mean cord cutting's a part of this i right. mean cte is a part of this uh, oversaturation of football there's a million different things that play into this including the protests um but i i i i i stand firm that the NFL's probably going to be all right, dude. All the controversy, all the crap that happened this year, all the injuries that happened this year, um, uh, and you still had over 100 million people watching your program. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the championship, which helps. You know what I mean? Those things are all – I mean, I'm sure the NBA Finals ratings are better than the regular season rating. Of course. You know what I mean? Welcome, welcome to you know games that actually matter. But I wanted to be fair to it. As a guy who was telling you this wasn't real, it turns out that this is the one one of the major reasons why people were staying away. I still maintain I don't think it's enough people to necessarily upend the NFL. And it wasn't enough to make any major advertiser run away from it. But it was the number one reason people listed as a reason why they watched less NFL and did skip the Super Bowl. By the time 2020 comes around, this is all on a pass. Oh, I think I'll take the under. I'll take I'll take I'll take the under all day on that. I think next year there's probably still a bit of like held on to resentment. There's probably people who are going to point at it and try oh, yeah, to. Like, I guess I forgot what year it was. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You <laughs> yeah, got yeah, two yeah. you got two seasons in front of you, and really as long as you get your arms around this issue before the XFL comes out, you're fine. They're definitely going to get their arms wrapped around this before that happens. Which I am surprised we're not hearing more and more news about the XFL. Actually, what what what, what news can we expect? You know what I'm saying? Like, what you're still two years out. It's not like any players are going to commit to you right now. That's I mean, true. like, there's well, do there's we a lot know markets? Time. I don't think we know markets yet, dude. I, I I don't I don't I don't think that that the NFL has too much to worry about in that sense. Where it's like, dude, this is a novelty. It's going to be gone within five years. From yeah. the year it starts to the year it's over, it's going to be gone in five years. I would agree. I, I I think it's even probably. Oh, you think the XFL's gone in five years? Within five years, it doesn't last longer than that. The the the, 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 the protest issues, those are gone with by, by. I mean, this off season, I if, dude, if the NFL does not handle that, well, then there is going to be a little bit of like WTF, guys. Like, what are you doing? I like, think you're probably right about the XFL flaming out in five years. 
unless he loosens that stance on nobody that has have that's ever been arrested, dude, I couldn't play in the XFL. Right. Right. I, well, I mean, you couldn't play in the XFL anyway, but no. How many how many great athletes? But they hate me. They hate me. <laughs> they do hate you. He hate me. They do. I can totally play. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Because hang on. Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're also online at WRQK.com and have Canton Charge tickets for you. Phantom, what's going on with your charge, buddy? Uh, Canton Charge, making the uh, making the return to the Civic Center the 21st. The tickets we have are for the 23rd that Saturday night, which is Sugardale Dog Night. Dude, Dollar Dogs, I, I don't know if, 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 if maybe you're like, dude, I don't know. Maybe I won't like basketball action. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to like the Dollar Hot Dogs. As good as it gets right there. Yeah, I like those. I do love those right there. Uh, so the 21st and 23rd, tickets still available. Uh, CantonCharge.com. Go get yourself some. We'll also have some for you here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625. The number you'll need on those. All right. This is an uncomfortable conversation. Some of you younger guys, you won't maybe have this problem. All right. But erectile dysfunction is real. Yeah. Okay. And I've read an article that gives you a couple of different options on how to deal with erectile dysfunction. Now, when we say ED, is that a chronic issue or is that one time my penis didn't work as I wanted it to? Well, I, I, we would need a physician to tell you what constitutes actual erectile dysfunction versus, yeah, dude, sometimes your body's just like, nah, dude, I'm tired. Yeah, you psyched yourself out or something happened there. I mean, that it happens. I have definitely psyched myself out trying to, like, uh, about, like, getting myself into the situation. Like, dude, this girl's so hot. You better nail it. This is the Super Bowl of chicks. Don't screw this up. And you screwed it up. You want to make sure you have the best outing ever because you want to make sure she comes back. And sure enough, you talk yourself into a bad situation. Okay? But they say as you get older, it's going to take you a little bit longer to stimulate an erection. They say for men between the ages of 18 and 20, an erection will take a couple of seconds. In your 30s to 40s, it might take a minute or two. You, you, you. Oh, yeah. You dude. shock your, you yeah. shake your head. I, I mean, I'm in my mid 30s right now. I'm 34 years old and I, I, I could instantly become erect. I, 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 I'm glad that I'm not in that situation, I guess. They say if you're 60, if you don't get an erection after a minute or two, it doesn't mean you're impotent. It just takes a little longer. Really? The time period? Oh, yeah, dude. For I, sure. I, I would have thought if you didn't get an erection in two minutes, it'd be like, well, it's not happening today. Oh, no, 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 no. There have definitely been times where you just need a little bit more foreplay to get into the situation. It's not solely your body. Sometimes it's like you got to trigger your mind into what you're about ready to do, too, here. They say, now, also look at your medication if you're suffering from ED. They say a lot of prescription drugs might be at the root of the problem, and that's totally true. It's like one of the first things that's written on the side of the bottle. Go easy on the booze. Um, yeah, they say Shakespeare was right uh, when he said, you know, alcohol provokes desire but takes away the performance. I, I guess I have like an old wives' tale way of thinking because I've always felt like, dude, a couple of beers, a little bit looser. I, I feel like I'm, I, I feel like I'm more ready to go. A couple of beers, yeah, but I mean, if we're talking twelve beers, that's when problems happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, three beers, sure. Like, dude, everyone's a little looser. You're feeling better about yourself, but you can't push it too far. They say give up the cigarettes. Studies show that nicotine can be a blood vessel constrictor. In a study at the University of Texas, researchers had a group of non-smoking men chew gum with nicotine or a placebo. Those who chewed the nicotine gum had a 23% reduction in sexual arousal compared to the group who chewed the placebo gum. Jeez. 
Jeez, here's another big one. Lose weight. Studies show that when men who are overweight are more likely to have difficulties maintaining an erection, meaning you can get one, but it might not stay, um, well, firm and or erect. 20% heavier than your ideal weight. Um, they say if you are at least 20% heavier than your ideal weight, think about uh, taking off a few pounds. Consider karate or a weight training program. I um I, I think if nothing else, like physically, yeah, that makes sense to me. You lose a couple pounds, you probably, you know, but I think that's probably part of it mentally too, is you feel better about yourself, you're more confident, confident. in yourself, sure. and then you don't have to worry about your penis as much. Don't overdo it on the bicycle. Riding a bicycle on a narrow saddle puts excessive pressure on the area between your legs. That's where the nerves and blood vessels flow to your penis. If you ride, either get off your seat often or ride on a wide seat with no nose. If you get numb in your penis today, you may lose all ability to have an erection tomorrow, says Goldstein. Jeez. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not a cyclist from the jump off, but I mean, God, like if there's anything that's going to keep me off a bike, it's like, hey, your D's not going to work. Have more sex will ultimately help you end ED, they say. They found out that men who reported having intercourse less than once a week had twice the incidence of ED than those men who had intercourse once a week. They say regular intercourse appears to protect men against erectile dysfunction. Sort of like your um, emergency brake in your car. Use it or lose it. Okay. It's okay. like one of those things. The less you use that thing, the more likely it is to break. And I think that it, this kind of goes back to the confidence point there of like, if you're confident in your abilities and you know you're going to have one, if you haven't used it in, in, three, in six months and then it's going to be like, oh my God, is this thing going to work or not? You know what I mean? So like, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Relaxing is another one here. They yeah. say, yes, a lot of mental issues go into this. Refocus your attention on what you're actually looking for. Eat more watermelon. Says uh, they, there's okay. something in the rind, and I've heard this before, there's something in the rind that like get your uh, your organs going there. Okay. Well, I think I'll eat some watermelon. They say men of every age can be treated for impotence or erectile dysfunction. Um, when lifestyle changes fail to help, a urologist can assess your problem and offer an array of therapies that may resolve the problem. I have heard other doctors say that, and this was their number, not mine, that 85% of erectile dysfunction is a mental problem, yeah. not a physical problem. Yeah. Is that you have like beefed this up in your head. Yeah, you get worried. It's 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 a self defeating. What if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? And then it happens, and then you're like, oh my god, it's gonna happen again. It's gonna happen again. And yeah, dude, you're just going down a spiral of of no boners. So I have the definition here, Fantone, for you. Doctors define ED as the consistent inability to obtain or maintain an erection sufficient for sexual intercourse. Okay, it's more common than many people realize, affecting between 15 and 30 million American men. They say, according to the National Kidney and Urology Urology Disease Information Clearinghouse, about 5% of 40-year-old men experience ED. But for 65 years and older, that number jumps to about 20%. At 65 and older, is that still ED or is that like... Dude, you're 70 and like, you're, I mean, shouldn't, shouldn't eventually like that lust die down and like... Here's the more interesting I thought, the more interesting factor that I, that, that I think... It's that 5% of 40-year-old men experience ED, and yet we advertise this like it's legitimately happening to everybody you know. Why are we bombarding the airwaves of commercials for this stuff if 5% of men at 40 
Because nobody under 40 is really thinking about erectile dysfunction. No. I wouldn't think. No. it's a, I mean, it's something in the, your future. You know it's a thing, but I don't think you're like thinking, hey, this is going to happen to me. But it's but 5% of people? Uh, but well, I mean, we look at a lot of medications, and it's like, well, how many people really have you know that disease or that cancer or whatever it is, but they keep pumping those commercials out. I mean, the money's got to be there. You know what I'm saying? And this goes back to your theory of... You tell somebody, hey, I can make your penis better, and you're going to spend that money. Whether you really have that problem or not, it's like, yo, your dong might be a little insufficient. And it's like, no, dude, here, my money, here, here, here. Have you ever taken an erectile dysfunction drug to have sex? To have sex. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I have taken like a Viagra before. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have done it. They say, I, this article doesn't cover this, but they say that the... um. That if you use those too often, when you don't need them, that eventually you're going to train your body that it does need it. Yeah. And I could, see, I could see that. But I have used it just to kick the tires on it, and it was kind of amazing. Although what I will tell you is, is that it didn't make me want to have sex anymore at all. No. Like there was still a point where I was like, and at this point I was with my girlfriend about six years. I was really overweight at the time. I was a heavy smoker, heavy drinker. And so there was just a lot of it where I was just like, I never felt like it. I never felt like having sex. And so I was like, all right, well, give me one of those. I mean, dude, I got to do this before she throws me out of the house. And like I took it expecting that to put me in the mood to have sex and it didn't at all. And so ultimately it didn't really, that particular time, it really didn't help me as much as you would think. There's more Sansbury Show right around the corner. Also those charge tickets next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We'll get you hooked up with these charge tickets. I believe they're for the 23rd. Yup. And uh, we'll pass those out here momentarily. Can't charge, uh, you know, second half of the season getting underway. If you're waiting, like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll come to a game. No, come to a game, dude. 23rd. That's going to be a good one. This Tide Pod thing is not going away. Ridiculous. Apparently, lawmakers in New York are proposing a bill, and they want Tide to change the way the pods look. They say teenagers are not only the ones eating the pods. They say adults with dementia and children are also at risk. That's where it all started. Like, this is the origination of the Tide Pod thing here. Was is adults with dementia? Kids. It was like okay. it was like three-year-olds were eating these, and they do look like candy. And, like, so, so, so that happened. There were some news stories, and Tide eventually made, like, a child-proof thing. People on the internet found these stories and turned it into a joke of, like, hey, eat Tide Pods. They're delicious. And then teenagers saw those internet people doing that and decided, yo, I'm going to try to go viral. I'm going to try to be this person. And I'm going to eat the Tide Pod. So legislators in New York are introducing bills that would require detergent pods to be all one color. What color? Um, they'll be individually wrapped and will include warning labels on each pod. They say it's not a big deal for them to use uniform colors to make them look brown. Okay. Yes. Not hard. No. However... For some reason, even though it's just the thing you drop in the laundry, you know what I mean, to, to clean your clothes, we know that the more appealing it looks, the more you're going to want to buy it. Yeah. And Tide knows that. Yeah. 
I mean, it's and there's something to it too. I think where it's like multicolored, you feel a little bit like, oh, well, what does the orange detergent do? What does the blue detergent do? I have so so like you know, in my basement, we got all the laundry detergents right there. There's one that's like clear. And I never use it because I'm like, dude, that's not as good. It's not as good as the blue stuff. When I used to use liquid, I would agree. Like yeah. I pour like clear liquid in there. I'm like, no, where's the blue? It's, the blue's it, what makes it work. It's like it's like it's like you know, dye free, perfume free, all these different things. And I'm like, no, dude, no, I need the blue stuff. That's that's what gets it clean is the blueness of it. I I think people. I mean, we know attractive colors make people buy things. There's a reason why certain color cars sell better. There's a reason, you know what I mean? There's just there's something about it. And I'm not sure a company should have to make their product look look, you know. Not, I don't think they should have to make their product look any uglier, so people don't. So stupid people don't eat. Uh, stuff. Is it is it is it like not using cartoon characters in cigarette ads? Yeah, but the difference there is is that there's no redeeming quality of a cigarette, ultimately, for your health. There is a redeeming quality for the Tide Pods. They clean my clothes and make me smell better. Um, I can't make the argument of like, well, dude, I mentally feel better. I feel better when I smoke a cigarette, and I don't care. If I die when I'm 70, who cares? Like, that's, that's, that's not a concern yeah, of mine. But, but ultimately, that's how you feel. That's not how everybody who smokes cigarettes feel. And ultimately, if you're using a cartoon character to lure a child in to a dangerous product, that, that ultimately is probably not great. This is not cartoon characters, this is colors. Like this is ultimately like, dude. I can enjoy the color blue. I, yes, yes, of course you can. I, but and like, we make cartoons for adults now. But it, it, at that point, to me, it just feels like, well, if 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 we're using a marketing tool that's inappropriate for cartoon, you know. And to me, honestly, is like, well, dude, do I care if Joe Camel exists? No, I genuinely do not. I don't so, so like, I, I think cigarette companies should be able to advertise in magazines and TV again. I, I, I just feel like at this point, like. What do I care? People tied know? tied is kind of in a corner here and by no fault of their own. Like this wasn't like, yo, tied, you you were well, grossly irresponsible on this. Here's the other thing. What are they supposed to do? You know how many companies have followed suit and started to make these pods? So are we going to do it for everybody or is this a tied issue because they're the name brand? It's funny that like, I mean, Downey has pods, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, all, they, all they, all, they, they all have pods and, 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 and it's specifically tied pods. Like nobody's eating the Downey pods, but... And let's not pretend that we haven't had warning labels on the side of laundry detergent our entire lives because kids were because kids were attracted to the colors of the bottles and stuff. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, this was probably two years ago that Tide first came out with that childproof uh, pod container. So like they they knew this was a problem and they took care of it. It just idiots on the internet just just further pushed it for them. Well, couldn't I also maybe make the argument that what you should do is go to like a home appliance store or whatever and get like a twenty dollar childproof kit for the cabinet where you keep this stuff and then we don't have an issue here? Yeah, Yes, but we're looking at that from like, hey, kids are accidentally eating these at five. These, the, the, the problem is is that people are intentionally eating these. Yeah, but they're not saying, but they're saying that they don't want the law for that. They want the law because of not that, but because of adults with dementia and small children are doing it. They're saying that's the reason why they want the law, is that it's not because of the kids who think they're funny on, on YouTube. It's, a, it's, over the pa- it's over the fact that people are mistakenly doing this. During January, they say there were at least 86 reported cases of teenagers intentionally eating detergent pods. You can make them brown all you want. 
Eventually, we're going to say, well, that looks like this, and they're going to do it anyway. You can't do it over the teenager thing. Those kids do. Teenagers are idiots. I said this when this first happened. There's never been a time in this country where teenagers weren't morons. My buddies and I tried to light our pants on fire so we could look like Nikki Six. Kids are always dumb. It's because you're going through life, and you're trying to figure out where the lines are, and you're building where, like, what kind of person you are, and you learn lessons, and it helps shape you to be a better grown-up. There is part of that. But I, I'm not sure this has to be Tide's issue. I don't think they should have to make an ugly product to protect morons. I, 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 they're in a tough position, dude. I just don't know where the win is for them. And I'm should, sure they're sitting around right now in Tide corporate offices like, dude, what do we do about this? Should I, be, should I, should I not be able to make a red car because, because it's more likely to make you want to drive fast? No, it's on you not to drive fast. We have charge tickets. We'll take caller 17 right now, 1-800-243-7625 on those. Be right back to start the final hour of the program next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Ooh, dude, you guys are about to win a trip out to Los Angeles. Yeah. For the iHeartRadio Music Awards. Yeah. Now, looking out your windshield today, how no. good does a trip to Los Angeles sound? It uh, It's pretty good, dude. Even if you're like, dude, I hate Ed Sheeran. I hate the Chainsmokers. I hate all those bands. Dude, you like 85-degree yeah. weather? It's good stuff out there. A friend of mine's getting ready to move out of L.A. right now. She just got a job, uh, and she's moving to Victoria, British Columbia, which is one of the... Honestly, dude, I've been Googling a lot because I'm going to spend my summer vacation there this year. And it's one of the most beautiful cities you'll ever see. But again, she knows like the winter... Like she's going back to like those Can- you know those Canada winners, and she's just like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I said, You've been out of work a year, Heather. Like, yes, you can. Like, you got to get out of Los Angeles and go back to work. But she's like dragging her feet on it. Understandably so. I wouldn't want to leave LA either. Although she says it's not as bad there as when she was in Montreal, but still, it's not going to be as nice as LA. So we'll uh, we'll send you out to Los Angeles here momentarily. Tony Dungy, former head coach of uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And also the Indianapolis Colts. I think one of the all-time greats, dude. I really do. Just a good dude. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He uh, he spoke at the uh, Faith and Family Church or whatever it's called yeah. right across the street here this past um, this past summer. He normally and, uh, does that, right? I uh, I regret not going and seeing him, dude. If he's here again this 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 uh, you know Hall of Fame weekend, I will go see him for sure. Tony is a man of faith. He's a man of God. Yeah. Okay. And he's now on the defense, or people are trying to put him on the defense, over something he had said surrounding Nick Foles and the Super Bowl. Now, I am a non-organized religion person for my life. Ultimately, I, um, I used to rally against organized religion, tell people they were dumb for believing all this stuff, but I don't feel as if I have to do that anymore. And ultimately, I really feel like your faith probably keeps more people in line, where I feel like if more people believed what I believed, there'd be more anarchy in the world. So I kind of like the fact that people have faith. Um, the fact that you came off of that, I think that shows growth as a person right there, buddy. No, Patch somebody the, the other back. day just said I was old, remember? I'm not growing. <laughs> well, well, I'm just yeah, old. You, you're like a little column A, a little column B. No, but I, I do. I think it's growth, and I think it's also um, putting away uh, the grieving process of it after, you know, after having lost my father and challenging God and that whole right, thing right. and watching you know, members of his church turn on my mom and that whole thing is where a lot of that came from. And I put a lot of that away, and I don't have to do it anymore. But Tony Dungy had said that Nick Foles told him before the Super Bowl, like I don't know if it was a couple days or before or whatever, that he felt like God put him in a perfect situation and that his faith was going to allow him to, I'm paraphrasing now, was going to you know allow him to play well. Put him in the right situation, right? 
And so Tony Dungy said, why would you find it hard to believe that the Holy Spirit could speak to Nick Foles just as much as a coach could speak to him? If he credited a coach for saying, stay calm and be confident, that's good. But if he tells me Christ says it to him, I shouldn't report it because people are telling him he shouldn't report this, that it's not, you know, factual and those kinds of things for, you know what I mean? And, all to, and so Tony backs it up and says, look, NBC pays me to express my opinion. And it was my opinion that Nick Foles would play well because his Christian faith would allow him to play with confidence and that he's a good quarterback. That's the important part there. Right. You, you got to You got If you're going to if you're going to tweet Tony Dungy's quote, you got to throw that part of the quote in. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think saying his Christian faith allows him to play with confidence. It's not like he's saying, like, Jesus bestowed him superpowers. Right. So people are looking to, like, split hairs with this and say, well, you know, there were members of faith on the other side. What, do they not pray well enough? And, and this and that. And this is like, remember, this was like when Oprah got pulled, like, sucked into, like, the power or whatever that thing is, where it's like, positivity will bring you the things you want. And it's like, well, dude, I'm sure there were positive people where those tidal waves happened and they got swept under. So, like, that's crazy. Yeah. I will yeah, grant you yeah, that. Like, yeah. dude, the power, the secret is what that was. That was crazy. Like, the secret's nuts. Okay. But I do believe, as a non believer, that if you have faith in something that is bigger than you, that if you allow yourself to say, I am not, the, 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 this world does not revolve around me, that I am just a cog in this machine, and there is a greater power at play here that a lot of people could be rocked into, well, no matter what I, like, I'm going to be fine. Because I believe in this thing that's here helping me, and that confidence could come from that. Yeah, uh, it, it, it'd be one thing to say, like, boy, oh boy, God loves the Eagles, and boy, oh boy, Jesus and Nick Foles are homies. Like, that's not, I think, what Tony Dungy was trying to say. No, again, so, he says, and that he's a good quarterback. And he's a good quarterback. So the faith allowed him to play with confidence, and the fact that he's also a good quarterback led to led to some success. Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, now this is you know me kind of making an assumption about what Nick Foles said, but like, I, I don't think at any point Nick Foles, you know, credited like. I mean, thanking God is one thing, but saying like, "Boy, oh boy, I'm just the favored son of Jesus right now." So, like, I, I, I just don't. I guess I don't understand where like where the anger of this is. Like, what? Who, who cares? I think it's because you're hearing religion spouted from an NBC desk, and so people have an issue with that. Any 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 validity to like, yo, I watch football for football. I don't watch it to hear your 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 religious views. Just like people don't want to hear your political views. Like I don't want that. I don't want that in my football. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Ultimately, I mean, you're talking about just you're talking about a very divisive subject, mm -hmm. much the way you know politics are. So yes, um, although I would say, much like I would expect NBC to cover something that a player said about something political, that I can't expect yeah. Tony Dungy not to have said, "This is what Nick Foles said to me." Well, at the end of the day, like those, we can say, "Hey, this is how it should be," but at the end of the day, how it really is is that politics and religion do play a part in sports. Every, and like, dude, everybody that wins a championship says, you know, they thank God and they do all that. Right. So, like, I mean, that that that's kind of like an is what it is moment there. But I just think if you're going to be beating your chest about. Um, keep politics out of sports. Keep politics out of sports. Make that same argument. Yeah, it's just as a divisive subject as politics are. I will, you know, people want to raise this point too. It's like, why did we demonize Tebow, but like Carson Wentz and Nick Foles were all right with? Well, I think people are all right with Carson Wentz because it does come off more authentic. Really? Oh, yeah. To I me, I, I don't. 
look, I, I want to be clear about what I'm saying here. I think Tebow's probably a really good dude. Okay, I was early on him being a bust as an NFL quarterback. I've been proven right. I don't know how many times now. Okay, but I believe he's probably ultimately a good dude. I think he cares about his fellow man, and I believe that there's real Christianity running through Tim Tebow. But it felt a little like I'm going to use this as a gimmick too. Where Carson Wentz, it doesn't feel that way for me. Maybe I'm not paying as close of attention, and I also think people will cut Carson Wentz some slack because he's good. Well, I, I think a big part of it is is it became very posh to hate Tim Tebow. Like it was very easy, low hanging fruit there. Where Carson Wentz just doesn't have that same. Well, he's also not like driving it in your face. Like he's a man of faith. He runs like I guess he like prays with his team and things like that. Tebow was like, I mean, dude, it was called Tebowing on the field, which is. Praying, and that's what made it so annoying for me is like we were giving the guy, we were renaming praying for Tebow. Like that's nuts. Where Tebow's whole thing was God, 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 God. Where Wentz's thing and Foles' thing is football, and oh yeah, I'm also a man of faith. Where it doesn't feel like Carson Wentz to me is shoving it in my face. Where Tim Tebow, it felt like this is my whole mission is to, is to show you that God is the thing. Where Carson Wentz is on the football field a quarterback first. Where Tim Tebow didn't feel that way. Tim Tebow felt to me like I'm trying to extend my brand by using my faith. And I don't get that vibe from Carson Wentz at all. Now, I think Tim Tebow is a true-to-the-heart Christian man of God. But I also think he was an opportunist who knew that this would help his brand with the people who feel that way. And that he was going to get some negative reaction for being a Christian man no matter what. So let's go all the way into it. But the guy turned a marginal NFL career into now he's like, what, a broadcaster, all this other stuff. And that was through some of these other things that happened. And as a non-believer, I have no problem with what Tony Dungy said. None. I have I could, zero issue with this. I could absolutely see people who believe in Christ this way feeling as if having that person on that that entity, sorry, on your side would give you confidence and a sense of calmness in a pressure situation. And God, I would almost like to have that. I would almost I would almost like to have that. We've seen the future, or we know, I should say, the future of Star Wars and whose hands it's in now. And we'll clear it all up for you next on Rock 106.9. Your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio Music Awards now. Text the keyword MUSIC to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Um, a listener of ours via Twitter said, Sansbury, it's starting to sound a lot lately like you're leaning towards becoming a full blown, uh, full blown believer in Christ. I've heard you defend Christianity a lot lately. Um, I will tell you that over Christmas break, my mom told me over dinner that she's convinced that in the end I will do a 180. And I will follow in my father's footsteps and become a minister. I don't see it. Okay. Um, I'm not leaning towards becoming a believer. I'm just leaning more towards my beliefs don't have to be in contrast of another person's. That I don't need to push what I think as fact over somebody else. And that nor do I have to demean somebody for believing in something that I might at occasionally at certain points of the Bible find silly. That I don't have to be the person that does that. And that are really a lot of my anger with religion. And I remember Maxwell saying to this to me on the air and I was in denial and said, no, 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 no. I just think it's dumb. But he kept saying, if, you're, if your dad was still alive, I don't think you hate 
Christianity as much as you do right now. He's like, you just haven't fully gone through the grieving process. And for a guy I have a lot of issues with, that was pretty in- that was pretty well pretty well analyzed. And he was right about that. And over the years, I've been able to let some of that anger go. And I don't feel as if I got to be right all the time. Or even if I am right, nor do I feel like I have to prove to you that I'm right. Yeah, I don't care that you're wrong. I think that's really what it boils down to. Is like, And honestly, we're talking about right and wrong when it comes to religion. So it's like, well, none of us really know what's going on there. <laughs> right. Um, I uh, I don't know, man. I mean, my mom's convinced. Something, something's going to have to happen to be the catalyst of that. And I don't know if that's, you know. My mom claims. Claims, this is my mom's, and I, I, this sounded to me like wishful thinking. But over Christmas dinner, we, we got to talking about it. And she claims what she, she's like, I think in the end, this is what's going to happen. And I said, that's wishful thinking. And she said, no, I'm telling you, I think you're going to meet a woman. She's going to be a woman of faith. And you're going to come home to what your roots were. And that you're going to remember what happened, like, you know, growing up and what your father was like and that whole thing. And she's like, you work in a very volatile business. And she's like, I think in the end, you're going to find yourself doing that. And she was like, and I hate, she's like, it feels weird for me to say this about my husband and your father. She's like, but I think you would be better at it than even he was. Yeah, I could definitely see how that could be a calling. I mean, I think any job with a microphone, there's going to be similarities to it. And uh, whether you want to be a stand-up comedian or a, or a minister or a radio, you know, announcer, there's 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 going to be some similarities. Holding to people's that. attention is vital yeah. in all three of those things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a part of the game. Now they're all their own individual thing, and they're you know just because you can do one doesn't mean you can do all. But like there there there's plenty of similarities there. Um, I think it's going to have to be a catalyst far bigger than a woman. I don't think a woman would be able to do that, and I think that's a little bit of your. Mom being like, it's wishful thinking, little Pollyanna ish there. Um, but I'm saying, like, not just some chick where it's like, all right, well, hey, you know, you're you're a Christian and I'll start going to church with you. I'm talking like, dude, you're gonna have to have cancer and beat it, or you're gonna have to have a kid, or you're gonna have to have, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, something like that rocks you as a human. I don't think, if I'm gonna be honest, I don't think cancer or disease to me would make me turn because I believe it's just like that, the, those things are random. But I could see myself having a baby and going, oh, my God, I see the face of God in this thing. You know what I mean? Or I, I, now I see what my dad was saying all this time. The, and that, again, much like having faith, there's things that are bigger than you. Where having children is supposed to be bigger than you, where your life it completely changes. And now it's about them, not about you. And I would admit that, uh, you know, part of the way I live my life is because I like to be selfish and that I have cut myself off from, you know, other interactions because I want to remain that way. But I could see maybe that being the turning point. Do you worry? I mean, like, you know, you, you have lived your life because you've wanted to be selfish, but you probably feel, and I'm, I guess I'm putting words into your mouth here, but you feel some discontent with that. You feel some like, yeah, I did that and I didn't get what I wanted out of that. Would that be enough of a catalyst to you for you to be like, all right, well, maybe, maybe, it, maybe it is time for me to change my ways. I definitely have had moments and times in my life and recently even where I have had thoughts of, did I let somebody go that I shouldn't have? There have been a couple of, but the problem with that though is, is that I feel that way about three different people in my life. So it's like, well, if you feel that way about all three of them, did you really let the that person go? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're looking at it just from like the perspective of individuals, but I mean, like, I, I guess at some point, you know, and this will be on you. It's like, well, what would it have been like if I would have, you know, if 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 things would have been different, if I would have changed things, if I, you know, not just like, hey, would I still be in this relationship, but like, would I have a better relationship with myself? Would I feel better about the world that I live in? Would I feel more content with what life has given to me? God, this is deep, dude. I did not know we were going into this. I, uh, jeez, like, man. I don't know about that. I, I don't know. I, I can't say no. I, I guess really because part of what this problem is is we're living in hypotheticals here, and a lot of this stuff you can say, hey, I don't know if cancer would do it, or maybe a kid would do it. Until I think we, kids more likely until we walk down that you know that bridge, until we walk the path. Like, there's just no no way to know that. I will say that there have been times recently, probably in, within the last ninety days, where I've wondered about that. Where I have thought to myself, like, dude, what if you're wrong? Like, what if you really, in the end, do want to be a dad because of the special experiences that come with that? Right. But I'll be honest with you. I don't feel as if right now I don't make enough money to have kids. I just don't. I don't. I think it's irresponsible for somebody that makes the kind of money I make to bring another child into the world and have them suffer and have them not have nice things and be able and dude and be cash strapped to do it. I think it's unfair to put that on another human being and be like, "Sorry, dude. I hope you learn Mandarin because we're about to be taken over any day now." Uh, I mean, like, yes, and I think you could apply that across the board. But like, but I'm sure your dad could have said that same thing, 30, you know, 40 years ago with you and. I, I, I think yeah. he would, I think he would be I think even 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 you know as he's dead now I think he would still be like no I'm glad that I went through that struggle I'm glad that Dan's here like okay that's him and this is going to sound very depressing for a lot of you but it's just the reality but if you ask me even still even a guy who has the life he wants does whatever he wants comes and goes as he pleases has the job that he dreamed of his entire life if you ask me do buy condoms and don't make me go through this. Because life to me, honestly, is just one big to-do list. That's all it is. It's just a bunch of things that you don't want to do until the one last thing you don't want to do. It feels more like, ugh, Jesus, again? Yeah, 95% of life is doing crap you don't want to do. It's that 5% that it's like, well, I mean, I guess if, I guess you've made that balance and it's not worth it to you. There, There is no balance in those scales right there. I think it's unfair. Yeah, I have felt like life is, like, and I, I'm the guy who hates the word unfair, right? But where I feel like life is really unfair is that, dude, this is a very hard place to navigate planet Earth. And there are a lot of things working against you, no matter who you are. And yet, you didn't get a decision in it whatsoever at all. That somebody else felt a hole in their life, and they felt like the way to fix that was to create you and fix all their mistakes they made in their life by telling you how to live your life. And ultimately, dude, you were forced to live in this place that is honestly, dude, most of the time, pretty goddamn depressing, dude. And you didn't have a choice in that at all. And I have always felt, since I was around 12 years old, that doing that to another person felt mean. That knowing, dude, there's like 12 jobs in the world now, right? And like, dude, bringing somebody here and forcing this planet on them, forcing all this white privilege, race, this, that, all wars, the, you know, politics, religion, all this stuff, and like forcing somebody to navigate this place 
is mean over those shortcomings that I felt in my life. Well, not every child born out of out of out of filling that hole. I mean, there's plenty of short, you know people who are just. Mm, uh, if dude, we I mean, were if we were being honest, I would love to see the numbers on. I that. mean, plenty plenty of people born out of just raw dogging. You know what I'm saying? Like Fair. you you, you okay. weren't you know you well, weren't. That's mean too. <laughs> but I, I, so so all those things that you feel are so negative, none of that balanced out by all the positive in the world. I mean, I understand your point of like, yeah, dude, things suck. But at the same time, I mean, you more than most people, I feel. Feel like have have probably had some like amazing experiences. I and, have, and to, and to deny that that opportunity because that's the whole thing is like I'm giving you opportunity when you're born. I here's here's the world. I can't guarantee you everything's going to be fine, but you have a chance here and you have a shot here. And like I, I just feel like there's got to be some sort of balance to that. I think this conversation. I don't know if we should be doing this right now, but no, probably not. But I can tell you that <laughs> that another part of this conversation that cannot go without being mentioned. And why my outlook is the way it is, is due to the fact that I was molested by a neighbor when I was a kid. And there has been always part of me that was like, dude, I'm never having kids on the off chance. Because if this happened and I had to watch this happen and I had to watch somebody struggle and cry and feel like they didn't fit in anywhere and feel like they can't make relationships work well into their adult life over trust and, you know, intimacy issues. Like if I had to watch a child deal with that, knowing that it's a possibility and it happened to me and to watch it happen again. Dude, I would just never forgive myself for having that happen, ever. I would never forgive myself for that. Do you feel like your parents felt that way? Yes. I feel as if my father went to his grave and my mother still today feels guilty over the fact that they were unable to protect me. Do you? But do you feel like your dad would have wished... All right, I, it can either be uh, the situation as it is or Dan would have never been born. No, Which way do you think I, he would have I, I think. It? I think... He, uh... See, I feel like, dude, if I answer, dude, I will take this situation that he's almost co-signing. Like, yeah, dude, molest my kid. Right. You know what I mean? Like, So I feel if, if I say that, I think selfishly he would have said, I will take this because of the joy I brought him. I think, I mean, and this is me not knowing your father, not knowing at all, but I, to know I, me I, is to know him. I, I think, I think there's, I, I think you're wrong there. I think he would have said, I'll, I'll take this not because of the joy that it brought me. I'll take this because of the joy that it brought the world and what Dan was able to do and was able to, you know, inspire people because dude, there's been countless people that have come to you and, and men who have come to you and said, Hey, that happened to me too. As a kid, I've never talked to anybody about this. A lot and of women too you, have said, my husband talks to me now about and, it and hearing you say that. So yeah. like, so, so, so yeah, I mean, dude, something terrible happened to you, but something great happened on the other side of it. So like, I think that there's probably a little bit all of the it. way to Canton, and, baby. And, and once again, dude, this is me talking to your dead, talking for your dead father here, where I feel like he would have said, no, there's trials and tribulations in life and what you do with it is what matters and Dan was able to take what was a terrible situation and still soldier on and still make something good out of his life. I do feel as if I was able at some point in my life to dig down deep and find what the best version of me can be and that's an that's an evolving process. I'm still not all the way there. Should be. Everyone but, should feel that yeah, way. Yeah, I, I, but I, I feel as if I've done a really good job the last couple of years of trying to soldier on and try to find who that person is and try to find and try to grow the, the more I can. I, I do I try to do that. Things took a turn today, dude. What? Like well, I was like Walmart masturbating, right? That's what we're gonna do. I, uh, I, dude, I have always prided myself on being real. There's no shtick, and you know, from your wound drips your gold, and the only way out is through. And if you've you know been listening to the last ten years, you know those quotes. You know where they come from. Um, but I, I just there is I don't know. I, I you know I I'd be interested. 
he is the person I wish I could interview the most. Like, I would rather interview him than any celebrity because there are so many questions about the way I was raised. There are so many things about my life where I wish, like, would, what would you have done differently, Dean? Like, would you have, would you have been like, well, yes, this is my job, but I don't necessarily have to beat this into my kids this hard when I'm young? Or, or, or when they're young, can I, you know, can, can I loosen up? Can I let them come to it and be curious about it and then maybe raise them with, with it through that? Or do I have to be like, no, this is who we are. This is what we're going to do. And, and I think yes, ultimately would be the answer on that. And I'd be interested to hear his take on a lot of that. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody's telling me you're overthinking children. They said, I never wanted kids. I got two boys, one on the way. And, 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 and it's beautiful now. And I truly enjoy my life. Um, but he says, I do have to share my PS4, which sucks. He's like, no money and less sex, but it's worth it most days. I Look, I have heard people say, you know, you'll understand when it's your kid. And this isn't the same thing. But I got a little dose of that when I went and saw my niece play basketball because I was like, oh, I get why you parents love this now. I do. I get it. Like watching like a little human that I'm related to and care about score points and win and win tournaments and things like that. It was. It was awesome. And there was a moment of reflection over Christmas where it's like, did am I screwing this up? Like, am I completely screwing this up? Like, maybe I am. I'm not right on everything. Got me wanting to call my dad right now, dude. I'm going to have to shoot him a text or something. You should. Like, oh, man, what's going on? You should. He would like it. All right. More Red Book next <laughs> on Rock 106.9. <laughs> The Stansberry Show, Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're also online at WRQK.com. Where we might not be anymore is Facebook.com. I got my accounts were logged out. I went and tried to move back in, try to open them, and they were like, um, yeah, you know, you need to re-log back in. Okay. So I go log back in, and I figured, okay, maybe I got hacked or whatever. I'll just change my password. I'll be fine again, right? Okay. And then I open it up, and it tells me something on my account has been flagged and has been removed because of community standards. Ah. Uh-huh. Would you like to guess what it is that got removed from Facebook.com slash Stansberry Show over community standards? No, what is it? Why, 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 is it the bad? woman... Standing with her child underneath her period panties. Ah, that somebody, makes sense. Somebody reported that as if I was looking to harass said person. I wasn't. Now, my guess is what happened is that there were people arguing in the comment section of said thing. And so somebody got pissy about something somebody said and were like reported it so the whole thing could just be taken down and they didn't have to deal with that madness anymore. Or maybe, I don't know this to be true or what what it is. I don't know how they do it. Maybe this is like Facebook saying like, yo, you can't put pictures of kids with their heads on vaginas. Like, no, you can't do that. Well, that's interesting because this woman posted it so like i'd be i'd be interested to find out if they said that to her right i mean by but by you sharing it you know what i'm saying like it's you're furthering that i don't know if she's had you know issues with it but like i guess i mean i could see how that's against their community standards this is the this is the first time i've had a facebook account since 2009 this is the first time this has ever happened to me. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I would Which just, I'm proud of. I tell people all the time, dude, when you're a grown-up and you're being, like, suspended by Facebook, do you should really look into your decision-making. I, I I don't know if this was somebody complaining saying Stansberry's being mean to this woman, or if this is Facebook saying, like, yo, this is a kid in a sexual situation here. 
that maybe you shouldn't be sharing something. Right. Like, like, did you see that guy? What was it, Tennessee or whatever it was? I, I, you know, don't quote me on that. The guy, he had turned himself in. Like, apparently there was a video of him having sex with a minor, yeah. and people kept sharing the video online because they wanted to help find the guy, and police departments were like, guys, Stop. you're sharing child porn. Stop. But it just goes to show you, like, we don't even think before we go to Facebook anymore. No. It's just like, yeah, oh, yeah, this is happening. Stop it. And it's like, oh, my God, I just shared child porn. I never looked at it like that, Fantone. You might be right about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it, it could be either way there. It could be, you know, Stansberry's mean, or it could be like, yo, dude, you can't do this. Even if you're trying to rally against it, you can't put this picture up here. Maybe that's what it is. I didn't even think about it that way. I just was like, ah, oh, they're out to get me. I'm getting, out to get me. I'm the victim. I'm getting too big. I'm getting too big. <laughs> like, as a matter of fact, I was at my, uh, my, my buddy's Super Bowl party, and this sounds, I don't know, kind of stupid, but his wife was like, oh, we're not friends on Facebook. We should be. And so she tried to add me, and she was like, um, I just got a message from Facebook saying you have reached the limit and that you're no longer taking friends, friend requests. I was like, yeah, and I, personally, I don't get this. Why does Mark Zuckerberg care how many friends I have on a personal page and force me into like a public person page? Um, Why does he care? Probably because like he's trying to avoid uh, people... Uh, what do I want to say? Uh, spamming each other and like sending friend requests from people I don't know. And and and, and you right. are you are you are most people are going to have five thousand friends? Of course not. You know what I mean? So like okay, so it probably seems like this is a number most people probably won't get to. So right. we're, so it's probably not going to be an issue. All right, yeah, maybe that's it. But yeah, no, Facebook uh, they they have yanked that post. Yeah, well, the Stansberry, the victim over here. Just man, I can't believe it. Facebook out to get me. Yeah, where's my white privilege? Yeah, yeah. I'm go. kidding. I'm totally kidding. I got plenty of it. I, uh, I don't. Uh, but that's weird. That's like the first time that's ever happened to me. It's very, very strange. Um, this thing I was going to tell you about Star Wars is basically this: the guys that do Game of Thrones are now going to do the Star Wars movies. Okay. They gave up on that. Well, we think they gave up on that Confederate thing they were going to do, where like slavery never got abolished and like people are slaves. And HBO's like not quote, you know, n- not giving us any info on that. I thought that was a good idea. I thought that was like a cool concept of like, well, what would the world be like? But all right. We can't handle those kind of things now. I agree. It would be an interesting watch, but I, I remember saying at the time, like, you shouldn't do that because of how soft people are now. But they, the, those guys, the guys that write Game of Thrones, when this run of Star Wars movies is done, they're going to take off. It'll be a completely new franchise. They'll be allowed to introduce new worlds, new characters, that whole thing. So get prepared for the, they ruined my childhood thing. Get ready for that. And also, apparently, I didn't know about, there's so much Star Wars news, it's hard to even keep up with it. But apparently there's going to be a TV show. That will hit the Disney streaming service. Boy, oh boy, we talked about this when it when it first kind of started popping up again. Um, you're, you're oversaturating at this point. I think so. You, you, you got a movie coming out every year. Now you're doing TV shows. Now you're introducing new worlds and stuff like that. You, you, you're overdoing it, Star Wars. Yeah, I uh, I would agree. There, you're going to get to the point where a lot of people are just going to be like, dude, enough is enough. I'm kind of tuned out on that. Your next opportunity to head out to Los Angeles will be with Teresa. I believe at 11 a.m. this morning on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day. See you. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9.